you know, you leave carnage on one health and your whole team's dead. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is a man who needs very little introduction, but I'm going to give it the pomp and circumstance it deserves. It is the one and only Emperor of Tennessee. That's right, the leader of the Free Republic of Tennessee, the man, the myth, the legend, Merzane. What's up, my guy? Doing pretty good. I, I feel like every time I come on, uh, my title gets longer and more regal. And I'm, I want to say stop, no, but I'm don't. not gonna say stop. You don't want to say stop. You, I you, don't want to say stop. You know, it, it kind of feels nice. You're over there just like brushing the dirt off your shoulder. And you know, we're not doing this via video chat, but I can just imagine you like, you know, doing that little thing where you put your your hand on your chin and you're like, you know, looking up into the sunlight off into the distance, you know, thinking about how regal you are. <laughs> uh, in fact, I'm just, I was sitting in an office chair, but it morphed into a throne mm. as you spoke. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I spawned a cape just right out of my back. I don't nice. know where it came from, uh, but now I'm sitting here luxuriously. <laughs> and by spawned a cape, you mean you're sitting in your robe relaxing? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what? awesome. So... Anyways, Merzane, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you on. And we have kind of a jam-packed bit of a show today. I think it's going to be jam-packed. It's going to be interesting. So for those of you that don't know, there is a tabletop simulator league around Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I say for those of you that don't know because we might have some new people here. And if you're new to the Marvel Crisis Protocol ecosphere, if you will... Definitely check this out if Tabletop Simulator is something that you enjoy playing on. For me, it's not really my favorite platform to play on, but it's a way for me to get in games very consistently. So that's one of the reasons why I like it. And to kind of play different people and, and get the the pool of people that I play kind of expanded, if you will. So that's one of the things I really like about it. And they are doing a new season of that. It's going to run for how long, Merzane? The main season runs for six weeks. Six and weeks. And then after the six weeks, uh, there's people with a certain record will move on to the final cuts, which I think are going to be four, probably five weeks. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. It also depends on how many people and how many people make it into cuts. And But it's, it basically... You're, the meat of the league is six weeks. Right. And it's a usually an enjoyable time. I don't think I've had a bad experience on TTS, really. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's a good way to get more games in and to try new stuff, which is generally what I do, except maybe not this time. Spoiler alert for what's upcoming on this show. But, uh, yeah, so... I encourage people to check that out. If you have any questions about TTS, you can reach out to me 
on Discord. I'm at HPP Will on the TTS Discord thing. Feel free to tag me in something or shoot me a message. And also, with that, that means we'll be starting up streaming again. So you can go to twitch.tv slash DarthBalls05. And that's balls with a Z because, you know, high school me thought that this was real edgy and cool. DarthBalls05 at twitch.tv. And you can follow some of the games that I play because I'll try to stream as many of them as I can. So, yeah, try to check that out. And, uh, yeah, with that, Merzane... What we're, what, what we're talking about today is we're going to talk about our list. We're going to talk about your list, and we're going to talk about my list that we're going to have for TTS Season 7. But before we do this, I've got to tell the suits about this absolute banger of a match I had recently. Are you ready for this? I'm so prepared. So, I am in a league locally, and it's kind of... You know, it's it's a fun league, casual, and the way that we're setting it up, or the way that it's been set up, and shout out to Sandbox and Rob and those guys for for putting this on, and the War Room Hobbies, which I have a discount code for. If anyone's interested and wants to order some stuff online, you can use the discount code MCP2022 for War Room Hobbies, so please check that out, and... Uh, let them know that we sent you, if you can let them know we sent you. Either way, using that code I think works. So anyways, there's a league at our shop, and the crisis setup is predetermined each week to kind of make it easier on newer players. And so I'm running my stealth list, right? And I'm sure I've, I've told you about it a couple times, and the suits on here have heard about it a few times, and... The first set of Crisis, week number one, is Gamma Waves and Spider-Infected. So, Spider-Infected not so much, but Gamma really lends itself to Criminal Syndicate, right? Well, I'm not playing Criminal Syndicate, but my opponent is. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, Stealth List right off the rip into terrible matchup town, right? So... Yeah. Anyways, shout out to Yusuf. He was my opponent. Really, really good guy. I've played a few games with him. He's he's really fun to play against. So anyways, we're playing this game, and right off the bat, kind of like right at the beginning of turn two, Carnage has an opportunity, right? I have priority, so I'm like, I'm going to nuke Carnage to try to stop the big Carnage turn because... You know, there's not much I can do while trying to play on the objective here, and I have to stay on points parity as much as possible, right? Mm-hmm. So I've got Cassandra Nova, and I'm like, she's the big gun. She's my best chance to take out Carnage. I play Dark Rain to get those rerolls. So Dark Rain is a Cabal card. I'm playing Sin Cabal, by the way, because, yeah, yeah that's pretty much all I can play. But uh, I'm playing Sin Cabal. And so I played Dark Rain to try to get the re-rolls to take out Carnage. He's got seven stamina and one mystic defense. Now I'm rolling five dice. I th- I think I can do it with re-rolls, right? Merzane, does that seem like reasonable odds? If you've got two attacks, I, I, I would feel like you could get it. Yeah, I had two attacks. So guess how much damage I do to Carnage. Well... I'm going to assume zero. 
<laughs> it's a little more than zero. No, it's actually the worst possible scenario, like literally worst case scenario. Oh, no. I left him on one health. You did six damage to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did six damage to him. Oh, no. Yeah. So pretty much all of my team is is clumped around my home gamma shelter, more or less. I, I wouldn't say fully clumped, but there, there's a clump situation happening. And I I know as soon as I don't get that last damage through, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and so one of the things that came up in this game that I found really interesting, and it was something that I had to get some clarification on in terms of timing. So tricks and traps and psychic def- de- deflection, I think is what it's called, or distraction, psychic distraction on... Yeah. Cassandra Nova, they're the same thing. Basically, the timing works the same. So, I had to make sure about some timing on this. So, what happened is, Yusuf activates Carnage, obviously, because if he doesn't, I'm going to try to kill him. And he dazes Black Cat, and then uses Paint the Town Red, right? Which allows him to move, heal all damage, and then do a tendrils attack well there, uh-huh. yes there is a timing window in there where between the move and the heal you can play tricks and traps you can use an ability like that right so mm-hmm. we didn't we, we didn't know that that timing window right so we played it out while i was getting clarification to to see if that was how that worked from Nagoldar, shout out to Lord of the Rules Forums, and we played it out to see what would happen, and Carnage would have dazed four out of my five characters in that one activation, and the game would have essentially been over. However, come to find out, we can use that timing window. So he didn't move into my Tricks and Traps range, and instead attacked a Mystique who I'd left vulnerable, ended up dazing her and there you go turn continued game continued and it was just this insane back and forth game like i've i've never seen anything like it i was able to eventually ko carnage long down the line and i was able to do tricks and traps and psychic distraction multiple times merzane and i don't know about you but Whenever I play those abilities, I, I typically don't have great success with them. And what about you? No, I I I, uh, I like Cassandra Nova on paper, but the few times I've used her, um, she's done nothing for me. Yeah, so I like Cassandra Nova on paper. I like her in in practical application as well. Like I've, I'm growing to like her more. You you know. But that's a, that's a story for another time. But I was uh, very successful <laughs> with Tricks and Traps. I rolled three successes on Tricks and Traps or Psychic Distraction on multiple occasions. That'll do it. <laughs> four four <laughs> times, I think. I was able to, to get three successes on that ability. Like That's 
highly unlikely. Yes, I know. <laughs> You're telling me. Like, I mean, you know me when we talk about this, this kind of thing. Like, I'm used to not having the hottest dice in the world. But for whatever reason in this game, it, it was like I was spitting hot fire. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I for real could not believe it. But my tricks and traps was flowing. Everything was was kind of back and forth. And I got to a position where I had an opportunity to win the game, right? After kind of being down, coming back, battling back, had this opportunity. And I needed to score eight points to his seven points. And he was able to deny me that one point. So we both scored seven points, taking it to another round. Oh, God. And, yeah, it was in that last round, it ended 21 to 20 in the fifth round oh my gosh yeah that's so much yeah 21 to 20 in the fifth round i ended up losing but it was a banger of a match he had an a carnage turn in the a later round where so he's playing cs he stole priority he did the area attack with carnage and actually didn't roll super good on the area attack but it was still like one of those just was able to take out three people with the you know area attack and it just yeah it was out of control it was an incredible fun game it was one of those games that's just like that you're going to remember for a long time because it was just so much fun and I was crazily enough doing a ton of damage with Mysterio not just tricks and traps but his uh what is the hypnosis gas where he moves people I was doing that all the time like it was crazy Mysterio was insane Cassandra Nova was MVP and for him, he he had run his bullseye up early, and then I deceptioned his bullseye because his bullseye had a uh, spider infected. So I deceptioned bullseye closer to me round one to try to steal his spider infected, which I think I did. And then mm. on the next round, he ran his bullseye to my home gamma shelter and then just chipped away for the rest of the game. And I was just like, well, I'm not going to deal with bullseye. But bullseye ended up, once I finally decided, like, all right, I'm going to try to get Bullseye here, constantly was rolling Banger's defense dice. <laughs> like, it was insane. Like, I'm rolling Mystic Attacks against him. He's rolling two dice, and he's just surviving everything on one health. Just he's sitting just, on my get back. Get out of point. my head! <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was insane. Like, and so, so when you're talking about it, it's like, yeah, Carnage is probably the MVP, but really Bullseye's the MVP just hanging out back there, not, you know, just annoying the hell out of me. Bullseye is like, I bet you wish you had a had your own bullseye to do one damage. Exactly. And that's what's so funny to me, like when we're talking about these characters and, and how everything's kind of working out in, in MCP right now. How many times do you just need that one damage to go through? Just that one. And it's it's so funny how like Bullseye, that one little change it on him to get the power so he can do that is so critical I think but yeah it was a great game it is one of those games where it's just like I've been like kind of holding it in trying not to talk about it so much on like the discord server and stuff like that because I wanted to tell everybody on the show because it's it was so much fun and it was just one of those games where where I'm going to remember it for a long time and I another reason why I bring it up is because Merzane I know you and I you more so than me try to kind of play a little bit competitively at times and it's easy to sometimes forget if you will the kind of just 
fun, insane moments that can happen in this game, and especially with the way the dice are in this game, and and how just exciting this game can be, especially when you strip away all all the the extra like pressure of trying to be a competitive player. For me, anyways. Oh no, I definitely agree. Like, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on this show, but one of the things my one of my friends uh, Hunter. He used to do every freaking game. He used to play Asgard constantly when the game released. He would take, and we'd always tell him, like, this isn't good. There's no way you're going to have enough power to do this. But somehow this absolute madman always had enough power to do this. Every single game he played. He would do Thor and Loki with the Mind Gem. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would turn two, sometimes three, usually turn two, which is what made it incredible. Thor would pour Asgard in. Dropping off Loki. Do some damage. Uh, Then he would attack again. And he would either then follow me so that Loki could go. Or he would uh, get help Loki to get him (laughs) further away. Uh And then follow me. And then Loki would go. And Loki would do a bunch of stuff. And we were just like, that's so much power. You'll never have that much power to do that. But he always had that much power to do that. That's awesome. I wish I could look you in your eyes right now and just you could see how serious I am when I say he always had the power. <laughs> yeah. No, and it what, was always so, so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. And what's I bet that no one would ever like see that coming in general. You'd be like, that's ah, I mean, okay, you have follow me. You're probably gonna do that like turn three or something. Yeah, and this is back in the beginning of the game when people weren't playing follow me because they were like, Yeah, six power is way too much for something like that. Yeah. So like you know, nowadays I'd probably be like, yeah, it's maybe maybe a little too much, but I I don't think I would rely on that combo every time. Right. But at the beginning of the game, certainly we were like, yeah, six power is so much. So much. Yeah. So much power, and he's like, it's nothing. That's awesome. This. That's awesome. And I just I love that kind of thing where it's just like, you know, you play your game, brother, and and I say that to everyone out there listening to all the suits out there, you know, play your game. Like we're going to talk about more competitively focused things for the rest of this show, but you know, you, you got to play your game the way you want to play it. And this game is so wonderful, I think, in scratching all of those itches for me at least. You know what I mean? Like I can I can play that more competitive style. I can play a casual game. I can just try to do crazy janky stuff with my stealth list you know which so fun fact i've realized this after i put the whole list together so i can actually play web warriors in this list but i didn't bring all webbed up so i figured ah, that that doesn't make much sense but it'd be a suboptimal web warriors it'd be right miles moon knight black cat as kind of a base and then go from there but yeah <laughs> anywho any who, Merzane, mm-hmm. let's now talk about TTS Season 7, and let's start with you and kind of what you're playing and what your plan is and all that stuff, and then we will uh, shift over and talk about my madness. All right, that sounds good, sounds good. So, you can just run through the whole list? Yeah. Or do you want to? Okay. Yeah. So, um been on this big midnight suns kick i my favorite character in marvel is gambit 
but behind him, right behind him is Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. So I don't like the X-Men, so I don't want to play Gambit right now. I'm looking at him, but I don't want to play him right now. So I just want to play Ghost Rider. I, I want a I list where he's in there, and I know I'll play him. So that's why I'm playing Midnight Suns. Makes sense. Uh, and I've also just been having a blast with him. I've won two events with them. I went to Memphis in your in your hometown. Mm-hmm. I, I won there with a very similar list that I'm bringing to Season 7. And I took them to uh, Opelika, Alabama. They had a little tournament there. Nice. And uh, I won that one, and it was a blast. I'm just absolutely loving this affiliation. Um, so this is this list has a little bit of history, and I'm I'm tweaking it very slightly, but I it's I think it's almost exactly where I want it. I think that um, I'm getting really happy with it. Nice. But um, obviously, I'm taking Blade, obviously. and I'm just going to read these in the order I've got them, yeah. which Ghost Rider isn't at the top like he should be. <laughs> uh, got Blade because he's a leader. Moon Knight, Black Cat. We know about Black Cat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Iron Fist, Doctor Strange with the Soul Gem, okay, Ghost Rider himself, Mystique, and then the last three slots I've got, they are kind of up in the air. These are the ones I'm a little uneasy about going into the season. Okay. Um, so the first one I know I want a six point out of affiliation, I, and the two that I'm looking at are Hulk or Hulkbuster. Okay. Um. And then I want a four point out of affiliation slot. And the two that I'm looking at right here are Hella and Black Dwarf. Hella and Black Dwarf? Hella and Black Dwarf. Okay. For a couple different reasons. And these all have like varying degrees of reasons I want them. And then the last one's a two point slot. And I got a three way toss up on that one. <laughs> uh, I got Bullseye Toad and Wong that all want this position for various different reasons again. Right. Uh, so that's my characters. My, my tactics cards are. They're very fl- I feel like tactics cards are some of the most flexible sometimes, depending on your affiliation. And, uh, you know, Midnight Suns doesn't have a whole lot of need for certain things. But I've got Siege of Darkness, Bats the Ghost Hound, Deception, Med Pack, and Field Dressing as my two uh, restricted card choices. Heroes for Hire, Follow Me, Advanced R&D, because of the branding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wrote it on my paper as Deal With Yo Mama. That's awesome. Deal with, deal with the devil and a highway to hell. Um, this is a copy of one of my older lists. So advanced R&D probably gets dropped for something because I was using it for cheeky turn one plays that don't exist anymore before the changes. Um, but we'll get to that when we get to it. And then for, for crises, I like having odd numbers typically, and okay. I like having fights typically. Yeah. So the, 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 the blue crisis I've taken are Gamma Waves, Demons Downtown, and Spider Portals. Uh, Spider Portals is specifically there for Black Order. And again, that can get probably get changed now because that, that was a choice from when I was playing. Uh, when I could select my crisis. So if I came across a Black Order player, I could, I could, I could put them in a bad position. Right. And they didn't like that. And then for my reds, I took Spider Infected, Struggle for the Cube, and good old hammers. 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 Yeah. Classic. Yeah, everybody loves a hammer. Everybody loves a hammer. Everyone gets better with a hammer. Winter Soldier's good with a hammer. Corpus Glaive's good with a hammer. Cassandra Nova's good with a hammer. Literally everybody is. Cool. Well, I like it. And, I mean, I think it makes sense from a Midnight Suns perspective. And 
you were talking about trying to have a sixth threat out of affiliation. So Hulk or Hulkbuster? Why don't we start there with kind of figuring this out? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the one that's giving me the most headache. Honestly, I have my list probably would have been finalized a month ago, but I have lost sleep trying to figure <laughs> out which of these two idiots I want to put in my list, and it has caused me so much other distraction in this list. <laughs> that's awesome. So, what? What do you feel like you need a sixth threat for? What do you feel like you need one of these guys for? So one of the things, and it's also to an extension why Hela's been in the list and she's kind of up for grabs right now. Uh, I have three characters in the list currently that get two power on the first turn and can bump in the night with their medi- with a medium or larger base and pick up a middle point in one move, allowing them to move back or to another point. Um all in the first turn. So I can make very safe early, early round plays. Um, I used, that's what advanced R and D used to be for. So I can make any, anyone with a medium base do it. Oh, you know who I didn't have in here right now? Who's that? Dr. Voodoo. Oh yeah. What are you doing with not having Dr. What Voodoo? am I doing in my life? That's something we're gonna have to figure out how to get in. Like I said, this is, this is a, from a tournament before Dr. Voodoo came out. So I've been, uh, I've been, only concentrating on Hulk or Hulkbuster. <laughs> um, so, basically, Doctor Strange is the soul gem now. I knew I was going to do that because I want to do that that trick. Uh, Wait, Hulk what trick? Gets three power. The 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 grab the middle point and move trick. Ah, so yeah. So you uh with you need someone with a medium base and a medium move or a large base and at least a small move who gets two power every turn. So like Hulk, Doctor Strange, and Hell are the ones I use. They can use Bump in the Night to place themselves within one, and the medium base is enough room for them, or the large base in Hulk or Hulkbuster's case, for them to then move with their first action onto a middle point, like a middle hammer or a middle spider infected, grab it, and then move away. Right. Uh, of course, anyone with two power can double move and then... Um, do a bump of the night backwards, but that's not nearly as much space between me and my opponent as being able to do a medium or short move on a larger base backwards. Right. So I like to have a, a, a I like to have at least two or three options for that play at usually varying degrees of point level or having a couple out of affiliation because I feel like some of the out of affiliation options are good. So the all that being said, the logic between Hulk and Hulkbusters are both characters that can do that. They're also both really, really hard to kill characters, which is something I feel like Midnight Suns doesn't have a whole lot of. They've got a couple tanky boys, but most of them are pretty middle of the road when it comes to how hard they are to kick. Yeah. Uh, Hulk and Hulkbusters are huge. Um, the two primary things I'm concerned with is uh, between the two of them, Hulk is probably more offense. Yeah, he's definitely physical offense. So good into cough, cough, convocation. I think I like <laughs> <laughs> cough, 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 um, because he's almost all physical. Uh, he's got some good control with his staggers and his throws. Um, and he's pretty mobile for a big guy, even though he's only got the short move. Yeah. And well, then the more you hurt him, the more he's going to do back. So yeah. a lot of people tend to try to ignore him, which means he's going to be able to do the thing he wants to do. And if they're not killing him, but they're doing damage to him, they're just making it harder on themselves. So I like him there because I think he's more output, a little bit more dangerous, mm-hmm. but also 
that, that physical attack is something that I feel like I'm lacking a bit of in this list. Hulkbuster, on the other hand, has the a little bit more range. Uh, he's got the energy attack, which is really good. Um, that energy attack being able to push, it's basically Shuri's gun, but better. Right. He's got the size four throw as well. Um, but he's not quite as tanky. And his output isn't quite as substantial as Hulk. Right. He can run away a lot faster. For some reason, I got to book it. But, and the, the hit and run ability that he's got means that he can be surprisingly mobile. Um, but that's the thing is in Midnight Sun's mobility is already something we've got. You know, we got Ghost I got Ghost Rider for mobility. Do I need another person for that? And do I need the control more than I need the output? So that's just kind of my two like dilemmas is I played a lot of Hulk and enjoyed him and I don't want to drop him. Yeah. Hulkbuster also looks really spicy. Yeah. So for me, it's one of those things, like you said, I, I think it's more lean into control or lean into the more, you know, DPS output style thing. And, you know, neither of these characters are going to benefit from like a Siege of Darkness or a Bats or anything like that. So you don't have to really worry about those things either, obviously. But for me and how I tend to play the game, I would probably lean more towards Hulkbuster because uh-huh. of the consistent bit of control that he provides while also still dealing a hefty amount of damage. Still not as tanky, you know, and built to take it the way it's worded. You have to spend that power before you actually roll your defense dice. I hate that. I know. <laughs> so, so like, you know, that's that's definitely creates some situations that you know risk reward. You know, if you're going up against a four dice attack, well, you know, do I do I spend it or not? You know, it's it's kind of tough decision to make there. But ultimately, I lean for the control and the mobility. And yeah, Hulk is fairly mobile. I mean, gamma leaping plus the short move, all that stuff. He can get where he needs to go. But Hulkbuster being on that 65 millimeter base, being able to hit and run and threaten places that most 65 mil bases aren't able to while still getting an attack off or even two attacks off and a move, like I said, with that hit and run, I think is really valuable. And you know, yeah, you've got Ghost Rider for mobility, but kind of doubling down on that mobility, I think could be really interesting and provide some problems for your opponents, especially given your crises that you have here. You know, like if you're playing on Gamma, I mean, you're always threatening that back point of your opponent at that point. True. Yeah, I didn't think about that. You know, like if if the idea is to try to play fighty secures, right? Like, like let's say you win priority every time and you want to mm-hmm. pick fighty secure blues. Well, you know, if I see a Hulkbuster there, turn two, he's threatening that back point no matter what. Very true, very true. You know, and, and then... And uh, that hit and run means that he doesn't have to just double move. He can also move bump and then blast you off before he moves on the point. Exactly. So, yeah, that's true. Exactly. I, I definitely think I want to give it a, that a try the more you've talked about it. Yeah, uh, and, and it's one of those things, though, you know, whatever, and this is kind of how I view 
characters on the tabletop, right? It's like you said with Hulk, right? They're either going to ignore him or they're going to go all in. And it's kind of one, it, it really is one or the other. I mean, if you chip away at one of these characters where you're not really doing anything but providing them with the power that they need to do things, it, it's kind of really control or, or you know, le- or burn them down, right? That's the way I look yeah. at it. Now, you know, if if you have a Hulkbuster who runs up the middle like that, you know, he's a big target and he's not going to be able to sustain the amount of damage that the updated Hulk can. You know, so it's, you kind of got to feel like what, what, what would you rather have the target be on? You know what I mean? Because yeah. a six point character is a target, period, end of discussion. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely. <laughs> it's either your target or he's going to sit somewhere, and your opponent is going to leave a wide uh, area around them so that you are not touched by them. Exactly. So, it all all that to say, all of that to say that I just think that you know, for me and how I play, I would probably lean Hulkbuster. And you know, you mentioned Hulkbuster's size four throw. It's worth mentioning on top of that that it's only for terrain and not for characters. Yes. So, which is which is the other kind of uh, part of it because you know sometimes being able we talked you talked about with, with Carnage if you had one more damage sometimes being able to throw that character into something else and get that one damage on them yep is the difference between a daze or them clapping back exactly. So, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think what, I think what I'll do, right. So here's the nice thing about the league is there's three weeks of the early league. And then there's three weeks of the late league quote, quote, it's just, it's split into two halves and you can change your list. You don't have to play the same list the whole time. I could always try Hulkbuster the first three weeks. And if I don't like it, I can swap back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I think, I think we're going to go Hulk Buster. And try them out because I already know what I like with Hulk, right? Uh, which it's good if you haven't played him in Midnight Suns, uh, give him a give him a go. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we're gonna do that. I think we're gonna try Hulkbuster. Do it! I can't wait to see how it goes, and I hope we don't get matched up turn uh, round one. <laughs> <laughs> Same. That would be so unfortunate. It would be. So, all right. So we kind of settled on that. Now let's talk about this Hella position. Now, first thing I've got to ask you is. One, I we'll talk about why hell is even a conversation here. I think it's a good one. <laughs> Two, is this where you put voodoo? I was about to say this might just be an easy, uh, an easy change to voodoo. Now, the other change that we could make is Iron Fist into voodoo. I feel, uh, I know that sounds like sacrilege to a lot of people, but uh, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't been really impressed with uh, my Iron Fist since the uh, change, the changes. Uh, with all you've gotten, all the, all the ratas and stuff. You you haven't gotten a good fisting off on anybody. I mean, I have, but like, I also just murder everyone. <laughs> and it's almost as good. Well, I think Iron Fist is still worth having here because of the Siege of Darkness turn. Yeah, you know, and if nothing else, I think that that gives him a worthy place in this list because. You're already talking about having a six-cost Hulkbuster, a five-cost Ghost Rider, a six-cost Doctor Strange, and a four-cost leader. 
being able to have those lower threats for that flexibility, I think is going to be really helpful. Yeah, but big point guys are cooler, right? I mean, they're cooler. <laughs> they're cooler. They're so cool. Yeah, they're cooler. But that's, I guess that's another question. You trying to win the thing or are you trying just to have some fun and go out there and just throw some dice? Uh, you may not be aware of my list building method, but it's both. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's always both. Always both. Exactly. So. Uh, but yeah, I think so. I think you're right with Iron Fist. Like, I need to play with him a little more and actually put him on the table more. I've just been, I've noticed he's a little lacking, um, unless you're doing the Iron Fist. And a lot of people are playing around it now. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have realized, yeah, it's really, it really sucks when someone can activate your characters. Yep. <laughs> and they prevent that at all costs. Um, well, and let's. He's so hard to take down with that, with the counting the blanks and everything. And I mean, you know, for someone like me who every time I have an ability like that, I roll hits and crit fails, you know, yep. it, it doesn't matter. But, you know, five out of your eight sides of your die count as defense for a character like that. You've got pretty good odds. Yeah. And so he, he's typically hard to take down. Heroes for Hire is such a good card sometimes. It's a great card. It's a good card. I... Yeah, regrettably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you got to leave him in. But Hella's in here, one because of the like you said, the bump, and then go get that middle objective because she's on a big base, moves medium, that kind of yeah. thing. Like that's why she's here for you, right? That is the primary reason she's there. Uh, she also can bleed people. Yeah, for blade, which is cute. I don't necessarily think you have to be searching for ways to make people bleed for your blade. Because typically you don't want him surrounded by a bunch of enemies. Exactly. You want him, you want him kind of one on one or two on one, and he can make the people you want to bleed, bleed, you know, perfectly, perfectly well on his own. Mm-hmm. So I don't really need it for that. But it, it really is mostly a four point way to do the uh, bump and grind move. <laughs> bump and uh, grind. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's either the, I've always either called it that or the boot scooch boogie. Boot scooch boogie, I like that. I like bump and grind. As you know, living in Memphis, bump and grind makes sense. <laughs> uh, but the obviously now we have Doctor Voodoo in the mix too because I'm an idiot and forgot to put him in. Um, but Black Dwarf is one I've seen a little bit of people talk about. Uh, it was a little popular at LVO, uh, at, recently. Um, I had a couple people talk to me about it on the Discord a little bit, and basically it's just that he's a big base. He's very tanky, which we talked I talked about before. They don't really have a lot of tanky characters, um, so having someone who's extremely hard to bring down is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but he's his his one issue. Well, he has two issues. His first issue is that he's slow, and Midnight Suns helps with that. Yeah. His second issue is power generation, which if he can get into the fight and get his six die strikes swinging, that's not as much of a problem. Right. Um, I think part of my list building issue here is that I have so much cool, interesting tech that it's really hard to fit some of the bare essentials in. Right. Like, uh, I've got Mystique in there. Mystique is, Mystique is staying. Mystique has well, won me so many games. We, we know why Mystique is staying. And we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, I need a two point, obviously Hulk Hulkbuster is something that has to stay. Um, 
So I think this slot just for now gets turned into Dr. Voodoo until I can decide which of my three point characters might can go for a black dwarf or a Hella. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm uh, with you. I think that it makes sense to keep it in the family with Dr. Voodoo here. Dr. Voodoo is just so spectacular. Right he's now. pretty great. One of the best control pieces in the game. And he's got mystic and he's affiliated and he's cool. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with him. Nothing wrong at all. So now let's talk about your two threat options. So you've got here listed down on what you sent to me, Bullseye or Toad. And what was the other one? Wong? Wong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wong's not going to get you anything for Siege of Darkness, but having an affiliated two can definitely make a difference when you're bringing these big boys, these beefy boys. Yeah. In my playing, I haven't, there's been some situations where I've been like, man, I've had Wong here. That'd be really nice. But, like, obviously I wouldn't get any of the output that right. Bullseye or Toad's going to bring. Um, you know, Toad being able to incinerate people for Siege of Darkness turns or do or just do shenanigans, getting extracts and getting out. Uh, and obviously we talked about Bullseye a little bit before. Um, you know, he's just a solid range threat. He's really easy to set out a point and still get some work out of. Yeah. Um, and then all those times you go in, especially after, like, a Siege of Darkness turn. And that person sits on one health. Well, you can activate bullseye, bump, move, shoot, and now they're dead. Yep. Yeah, I mean, for but, me, it's it's bullseye. Like, if I'm not trying to worry about being affiliated with the two-threat character, which I generally do concern myself with that, probably unnecessarily, but bullseye's just been able to put in a lot of work for me lately, and it's one of those characters that, no one really cares to deal with, but it's so valuable what I get out of him most of the time. So that's yeah, kind of where I live. The the only because re- I only have two out of affiliated characters currently in the list, right? With Mystique and Hulkbuster. So really, all I'd bring Wong for is if I want to take both of them in a list at a time. So we're already looking at nine points, thirteen points for Blade a minimum of 15 points for um, another character. So with Wong, I could get those two at 17 points. Ooh. Without Wong, I can get them for as low as 18 points. So it's kind of a toss-up. Oh, um, man. One see, nice thing... I'm, huh? I'm going to interrupt for just a sec, because when you said you can get them in there for 17, like the the difference in that one point to play between... 17 and 18 i mean if people look at your list like if you win priority and your opponent has options to go lower and like i mean obviously there's so much in the game right now like who knows what anybody's plan is when they go into a match but like if i see your list and i see all these huge big characters you know these this hulkbuster strange with six ghost rider at five like i'm gonna want to play as low as possible against you and so i feel like you having the ability to get in the big beefy boys like you want at those lower threat values is going to be valuable. Well, see, here's the other, the other side of that coin, right? So mystique is, we'll go ahead and talk about why mystique. Is <laughs> yeah. Now. Why is mystique in this list? Merzane? So mystique, I, I learned this from Wakanda players. So I'm not going to say that this is my own, my own brain coming up with this, but, um, so what Wakanda players would do is they'd put Mystique in their list because you could activate Mystique. And she has a superpower that says while she's activated, 
your opponent cannot use uh, reactive superpowers or reactive cards mm-hmm. uh, as long as she's activated. So any kind of you know bodyguards or vibranium shields or sacrifice or heroes for hire, none of that can get used while, while Mystique is activated. So the trick is you activate Mystique and then you play Siege of Darkness, which is their Wakanda forever. So nasty. It lets your your uh, normally really powerful attacks bust through some of those reactive superpowers they normally have to play around. Um, but here's the catch with um, the Wong. So the reason we take Mystique is for Siege of Darkness plays. Well, if I'm taking Wong as one of the three affiliated characters to make affiliation, that is one less character that can do Siege of Darkness anyway. Mm-hmm. So, sure, yeah, we'll get, you know, Blade, Moon Knight, Hulkbuster, and Mystique, and then Wong, but then I'm taking Mystique. Do I need to? I mean, it's good. Like, Mystique and Hulkbuster both seem pretty, or even Hulk, both seem pretty good in a, in a list together, but would it be better to take Bullseye and have Mystique turn into Black Cat or Iron Fist? Or, you know, maybe turn the two of them into Doctor Strange and then have Mystique and, you know, that, that, that's, that's kind of the toss-up that I'm having. Is like, yeah. It sounds like a good idea to get affiliated lower point cost. But then you're like, but then I'm taking Wong and he's not really following <laughs> the reason I'm playing the, the affiliation. Right. And I get that. And I think that's a really fair point that you make on that. And to me, it's like it sounds more like you're trying to tie yourself into one of these big threat characters more so than trying to kind of optimize, if you will, with around the mystique play. You know, it it's kind of hit or miss, right? Like sometimes Mystique is going to be extremely important, but I think at those times are the the times I'm not playing Hulkbuster. Exactly. That And that's what I was going to say is I think you can still kind of have your cake and eat it too, but you just have to know when it's time to eat said cake. <laughs> you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And that's Wong right. is not one of those two things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, I, I'm. I, I like your logic on that of you know Wong being one of your three affiliated characters and not really doing anything with Siege of Darkness and, and you're kind of relying on just two attacks for that, which is not as threatening as some of the other potential Siege of Darkness things. Yeah, I, I think if I was trying Black Dwarf and pumping the brakes a little bit on the Siege of Darkness shenanigans, I think he he's all of a sudden a lot more uh, uh, admirable because he, he can heal. Bull, uh, Black Dwarf. Right. Keep him even tankier. But I, that's not the direction we ended up going. So I think Bullseye and Toad are probably the two I'm looking at. Yeah. I think that seems right. I think that seems good. Uh, other than that, I like all your cards and everything. I don't, I don't have any suggestions there. I think overall, everything sounds pretty spicy here. I think disarm, be- uh, advanced R&D becomes disarm. And uh, I think that's really the only change I make. R&D was literally there for turn one plays. Uh, Iron Fist for the longest time was just move two power to two people turn one. <laughs> yeah. And I can't do that anymore. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think R&D becomes disarmed because one of the other things I try to do is I try to uh, hold priority with things like follow me. Yeah. Um, 
you can you can do a lot of mayhem in this list and keep priority, kind of like how Black Order does. Yeah. Not to the same extent. Nowhere near. But you can do some pretty cheeky stuff if you plan it out correctly. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I'm excited to see how this unfolds. Again, I don't want to play you round one. <laughs> well, we both have to make it to finals. That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, we, we probably have to go through each other to do that. We both get one loss. Ah, get yes. One single loss. So if we are only the single loss to each other, it's fine. It's which fine. which sets up the ultimate dramatic conclusion, right? Like, we're going to make it one loss through the first five weeks, and then week six. Tragically, one of us must fall. Yes. play each other, right? Yeah. That's how it's going to work? That's definitely. <laughs> Dude, if that's how it works, oh my God. <laughs> I'll lose it. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. So it's the law of drama, right? Like that's just how yes. that's just how reality forms for the most dramatic possible conclusion. That's it. That's it. So yeah, I I like what your list is gonna do. And let me ask you this: Are you gonna try to pull blue or red whenever you have priority? It really depends on the matchup. Um, I, there are a couple changes to my my, my uh, crises I want to make. Um, which we won't have to go from here because they're just personal things we have to think about, especially now with the with the character changes. Um, but it's really going to depend on matchup, right? Like if I know I can beat the crap out of somebody, I'm probably going to try to take them to blues. Um, I think one of my hardest ma- my two of my hardest matchups are going to be Black Order, um, which if I'm getting priority, I probably want to try to get Reds and push them away. Yeah, and Criminal Syndicate, who I don't want to give game away right I, I also feel like maybe i can punch the crap out of them yeah it's one i haven't really played a whole lot i mean it no just one depends really plays criminal syndicates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think it's a really good strategy to try to punch the hell out of cs but sometimes cs can just be so tanky and then you know you leave carnage on one health and your whole team's dead well and that's why mystique's there yeah because uh, then like Frostbones and um, what's his name? Uh, Kingpin. They can't get their their damage reduction abilities because they are no. They can. They're not reactive superpowers, are they? Are they? I can't remember. Uh, Kingpin is. Let me see. I'm gonna check right now. I I was confident and then I lost confidence. No, it is a. Re- they are reactive. They, they yeah. They are reactive. Like spider senses are not reactive. They're innate. Correct. But yeah. Yeah. So. So, you I can get and I can. Do some cheeky things if they're taking bodyguards. Um, I can play around heroes for hire and stuff like that, which is still really good. So I have, she gives me some interesting stuff as well as deception. And here's the other sneaky thing I like with her. If I do it turn three, typically, or turn two, turn two, you can do it. A lot of the time, she'll have a lot of power because all you're doing is shooting a gun that gives her power. Exactly. And none of her cards that she's going to personally play, most likely, are going to cost her power. So she is a prime target to activate, shoot somebody, Siege of Darkness to finish people off, follow me into someone big like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange goes and finishes off what you started. Yeah. And then you're an activation in. You're one turn down because you did follow me. And sometimes you just get to keep priority for free. Well, it costs you six power. But for free, yes. (laughs) For free because Mystique doesn't care at all about that power. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's solid. I like it. I'm here for it. I am so excited. I, 
I, like I said, I've been playing this. I've been tweaking and playing this list for a while. So I'm, uh, I, I just found a few little tricks here and there that are just like super fun. And I'm really starting to feel the, I'm starting to feel the affiliation really well. I typically change around a lot. Yeah. And uh, I've stuck with this one and it's been very rewarding. Yeah. I really like Midnight Suns. It's, it's one that like I want to dive in real hard on, but I've just been in love with the Wizards. So here we are. I, I am not nearly smart enough to play the Wizards is what I've come to. I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. So, they are so fun. You know, here here we go with the, the Wizards. And um, we're going to talk about now kind of my, my list here. But before we do that, I do want to say uh, make sure to check out our giveaway. It is the pinned post on our Facebook page. You can check that out. We're giving away all of... <laughs> pun intended, the new mutants were given given away. Rogue Gambit, Magic Colossus, Juggernaut, X-23, and Honey Badger. You're, whoever wins that is going to get those models, so make sure to leave a comment there. If you listen to the show, we have secret codes that we're going to do, and Merzane, we got to have a secret code for this week, and uh, I think it's Banger. Banger? I like Banger. Banger. Because I had a banger of a match recently. Your list sounds like a banger. And, you know, everyone deserves a banger every now and again. I watched, this is a little out of subject, but I watched the new Candyman movie last night. And it was a banger. Excellent. Yes. (laughs) So I I, I like it. Yeah. So we're going to go with banger. That's your secret code. So you can send us that via email at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send us messages on our Facebook page. That's probably the best way. But you can also send me a message on Discord uh, at HPP underscore Will on most of the Discords out there. That's what I changed my name to, but it's actually a whole bunch of other numbers. But just find me on the Discord, and and you can send me that message there. So, uh, yeah, banger there. And then also, um, yeah, check that out. Send us messages, send us emails, all that fun stuff. And now let's talk about my... Season 7 TTS list. So, I (laughs) named this list Convo Buster. Because I really want to play Hulkbuster. But the more I've been tweaking it and thinking about it and all of that stuff, the more I'm like, I don't know if he fits. I don't know if he fits. So, let me tell you what I've got so far. And then we can kind of work through this together. How does that sound, Rosane? Sounds good. All right. So we, of course, have Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme, Doctor Voodoo, the Ancient One, Baron Mordo, Magic, because she'll be usable in the TTS League, Wong, Clea, right now is Hulkbuster. These, kind of like you, the next, the next ones, so Hulkbuster included in this, is on the chopping block, and then it's Hood and Baron Zemo. So Hulkbuster, Hood, and Baron Zemo are kind of, I don't know yet, I'm kind of up in the air on. And then tactics cards, we've got Astral Ring, Bane of Dambala, the Ironbound Books of Shumagorath, the Orb of Agamotto, the Plane of Poldock, uh, Convocation has the coolest cards, by the way. They they do, but the, the only issue with their card names is I can never remember what any of them do. Right. I'll I'll go <laughs> over what in a minute. So the bar with no doors, which is their leadership, is a double-sided card. And then I'm taking Brace for Impact, 
And because Hulkbuster's here, we've got the Spirit Bomb, Bombardment, you know, Helios right. Laser, Journey Through Limbo, and Field Dressing. And then Crisis. So my secure Crisis, I've got Demons downtown because two of my people are immune to incinerate. Then we've got Intrusions open across the city as seals collapse. So that's the C shape. So that's right across Main Street, whereas Demons is right down Main Street. Both of those are 19 threat. And then we've got Mutant Madman at 18 threat. Those are my secures. Yep. And then the Extract Crisis, we've got to Hammers because who doesn't love a hammer? Hammers. So good. And then we've got the Montessi formula and the alien ship crashes downtown. So my lowest threat in all of this is 17. I feel like I can play lower, but that's the lowest one I have because I want to play high threat. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of want to you know, play to your strengths on this one. Exactly. So, one of the interesting things about Convocation is that you can go so low because you can make anyone your leader. Exactly. Like, and it, you really wanted to Wong could be your leader. <laughs> yeah, you can put you can make Wong your leader, which is ridiculous and awesome kind of all at the same time. Like and weirdly, I'm kind of here for it. <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm yeah, I might try it just to see what like once I've had two or three losses, we might try to just make Wong the leader and see what happens. So <laughs> we're so, not getting there. We're not getting there. No, not going to happen. We're gonna, all first step first first step of the league all doubt must be purged you must come in clean the, the goal is in sight and that goal is long as leadership taking you to the finals exactly that's 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 the goal let's get to the finals so <laughs> a few things i've noticed in kind of preparation for the league so first of all yes all of these tax cards have crazy names astral ring allows me to place a token down and Everything I do, contesting objectives, attacking, that kind of stuff, is measured from that token. Bane of Dambala is allows me to, if I rolled a wild or a hit, I can spend a power, and then the target character and enemy characters within range two of it gain the root special condition, which the root special condition makes your superpowers cost more. So I, I've been kind of liking that. Ironbound Books of Shumagorath allows me to, when I'm targeted by physical attacks, change them into mystic attacks, which I get a lot of bonuses for, typically. And then the one that's been the most spicy for me lately and kind of I've been kind of more in on is the Orb of Agamotto. It's any number of convocation characters not holding an objective token can spend three power each to play this card. Characters that spent power are placed within range three of their current location. So it's like Rainbow Bridge. But for Convocation, but the reason why I've been finding it more interesting lately is because Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme starts with three power. And usually what I was kind of doing for a long time was trying to get him that fourth power so that he can scalpel somebody else forward range three. But the more I've thought about it, the more it's actually beneficial to use Orb of Agamotto right off the rip get Strange up range 3, and then because he has a range 3 attack, he's able to kind of mess with the middle of the board right yeah. there, right away. And I kind of really like that. So that's kind of why that's here, is mainly to get Strange up the board turn 1 to start messing with people. 
Yeah, and important to note that uh, like the new Rainbow Bridge, you can't run away with an extract with it anymore. Exactly. Or you couldn't you couldn't with this one originally. Correct. Uh, so really, its best play is to be aggressive. Right. And so so that's specifically why Orb of Agamotto here. Plane of Poldock is just re-rolls when I'm using Mystic Attacks. And the interesting thing about that one is, so with the Dark Rain that comes with Cabal, it's Cabal characters get re-rolls. This one, as long as I'm using a Mystic Attack, it's full re-rolls, no matter who's doing it, whether you're Convocation-affiliated or not. Convocation has a few cards. Like Ironbound Books is the same way. Exactly. It's like some of like some of them are just crazy. Right. For no reason. No re exactly. So all of this to say, um, yeah. I do, do I play Hulkbuster or not? Like the thing is, like Hulkbuster really intrigues me and, and I like the idea of Hulkbuster. I like the idea of using Clea early to teleport him range two. Or using Strange trying to get that fourth power so that I can teleport him up. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. And then start blasting. But so, I, don't, I don't know. What? One thing you could do. So one thing that Hulkbuster is also doing is he's tying up a, a card for you. I don't know if you necessarily what card you'd put in that slot. But uh, for me, anyway, I don't like the Helios laser as much on Hulkbuster. Typically, if you're doing it on Hulkbuster, it means that you're going a little bit taller. You're probably only going five wide at most. And that means that it's going to hurt all of your characters more to pay for it because they're right. going to have to pay. They're going to have to, to dig deeper into their wallets to pay for this, this laser. Whereas with Iron Man, one, he doesn't really like need a whole bunch of power most of the time. And he's one of his most used superpowers gives him dice anyway. So right. he's okay just pumping pumping power into it. Um, but also, because he's three threat, you probably have taken a lot of other little dudes who can all pay one or two power apiece and not really get hurt right? Um, to get to basically the same result. Um, and then also, he's a little bit easier to hide because he's, a, you know, further in the back. A lot smaller, yeah. Yeah, so... The idea with this kind of list overall is to just beat the shit out of my opponent. Like, it, yeah. the idea is to kind of stay as close to parity on points as possible while just kind of firing off as many death-dealing mystic attacks as possible. Like, that's that's generally the idea. And then if I have to pivot, like, let's say I'm running into a Hulk or running into a She-Hulk is a, a very good example, then I can pivot to a control style with someone like Strange where I'm able to kind of play a little bit of control, get some damage through if I need to, that kind of stuff. Right. So, it you know, and I think that if I'm able to play in that, if I move more towards that control style, well, then you've got Hulkbuster there. But I don't know if I need a six-threat character, and... Here's something I've been thinking about. Let me see what you think about this. I've got three options for Hulkbuster replacements. First up, Loki with the Mind Gem. Ooh, you're speaking my language now. <laughs> I, I figured. Or and as or Loki with the Space Gem. Like one or the other. You know? Mm-hmm. And the reason being, Mind Gem is more opponent control, whereas the kind of 
I would be tripling down on the friendly teleports if I take Loki with the space gem. And then Loki with his bubble, so like my characters have a pretty easy time generating power. Like Mordo has a superpower that he can just use to give himself power. Clea, same thing, give herself power. Strange, he starts with three power per turn. So, you know, having a character like Loki that would in turn be gaining three power because, you know, it's the two for his Asgard plus one for a gem. And then having his Loki bubble out there could really hurt my opponent's power spending situation, right? Right. And then then you layer into that. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, and layer into that the Bane of Dambala potential to root someone plus the Loki bubble. Like, I, I think that's really intriguing. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was about to bring up Bane of Dumbala. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I like that. I, I actually, I, that's really intriguing. I, I think, for me, I like the Mind Gem better. Um, one thing that I've always, I, I personally value enemy movement more in most games because you can always move your characters, right? Like if someone's oh, yeah. out of position, you can always put them into position. Like, maybe you got to wait a turn, but you, you can do it. Uh, you don't always have that option in to, to move your opponent's characters. Like you can't spend an action move your opponent's characters and stuff. So having extra abilities to do that is typically more valuable. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I was leaning to is is the mind gem one because if I do run into a CS and I do end up on a very negative secure crisis well being able to displace my opponent via a strange scalpel and a loki mind i think makes a lot of sense and that takes loki to where it's a five threat character instead of a six threat hulkbuster character and it opens up another tax card slot and uh dr voodoo could be in there too he doesn't always move people but he can just tell someone that they don't count for the objective and that you don't care about it anymore exactly and i love i mean i I use that as many times as possible (laughs) magic can journey to limbo too you have a lot of like potential just really rude ways to make cs get away exactly and then let's you know journey to limbo will apply the incinerate condition on whatever character i use it on so like yeah no i'm I'm with you in the rude ways to displace characters or to deny points. And so, like, I feel like Loki doubles, triples down on that. And the more I've thought about it, that's kind of my number one choice right now. Yeah. Another important thing is it's all size unrestricted, which is becoming more and more important in the uh, new version of the game. Absolutely. So then... Nate, shout out to Nate from the Gamers Guild and from uh, the Gamers Guild podcast, all that fun stuff. He brought up as a way to have a sixth threat and a way to kind of continue to double down on some stacking effects, such as Ironbound Books. He brought up Magneto as an option. Mm -hmm. And I like it. I, I think it's interesting the ability of his reverse polarity to, if you're not within two, to do the pushes, I think plays into that bit of control element there. And it's funny to think that, like, one of the things I'm lacking in this list is physical attacks. And yeah. 
having a character that actually has some physical attacks might not be a bad idea. And Magneto with his six mystic defense, so force projection, you know, Magneto pays to use that. Whereas on my Ironbound Books turn, I just get to use six mystic defense. Right. So, so I'm digging it. I don't know. And also, additionally, like, you know, magnetic refraction comes into play there. Now, I wouldn't be able to get it back like he constantly does, but being able to have a magnetic refraction when I don't have my Ironbound books, you know what I mean? Like, say I used Ironbound books, so now I can add magnetic refraction in there. He pays two. Magneto and other allied characters within range three of him gain cover. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's interesting. It is it, interesting. I don't know if it's as spicy as Loki, though. I don't think it's as spicy as Loki. And what I was going to also bring up was he does a lot, but you know who's sort of similar? I know what you're this, about to say. I don't think you know who I'm going to say. Who, who do you think I'm going to say? My next choice. Well, why don't we go over your next choice first? So it was my next possible ad was Ebony Ma. That was not who I was going to say. It's not who you are going to say? It's not who I was going to say. Okay. Well, who were you going to say then? And then we'll talk about why I think Ebony Maw is a good option. Uh, I was going to suggest MODOK. Okay, yeah. So he was like the fourth option down the list. Uh-huh. So well, your, your idea of him having better mystic intrigued me, but he also synergizes well, probably the same with Ebony Maw, right? Like he synergizes well with the mystic stuff. Yeah. But he has a physical attack. Yep. Very good physical attack. And he has the same card that Magneto does. Psychic shielding device or whichever one it is? Not uh, the um, Psychic Fortress. Thing. Psychic Fortress, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, MODOK was a very strong contender. And I've I've heard tell out there on the interwebs that a lot of people are liking MODOK in Convocation. And I agree with that. Like, I think MODOK doubles down on what Convocation already does well having the big base like and that was another reason why I kind of wanted a more big base character was to not have to worry about doing a move action to get that hammer turn one yeah you know so that was a reason like a hulkbuster coming at you with a seven dice energy attack that pushes you off sounds really nasty but modok coming at you with a seven dice mystic attack that saps power from you is also very nasty yeah. and He's able to snag it right at right away. Now, the only difference with with Modok versus some of like the Ebony Maw option or some of these other ones is his Mystic Defense is a little lower than kind of like so it wouldn't get the benefit from Ironbound books kind of the way some of these other ones do. But having that ten health, I think, is pretty amazing. Ten health and swap wilds to blanks is pretty. Yeah. Uh, Pretty spicy. It's pretty and then spicy. The other thing is the uh, he has the bow. Like, oh well, yeah, oh yeah. That's that's the other big thing. Is it, is it gives you? Ac- I think this slot, I feel like, needs access to an any size moving character. Yeah, and all the all the characters that we've suggested, I believe, can because I think Magneto's is any size on his pusher. Right? It is. Uh, Ebony Maw can do on a wild on his builder attack. He can make someone advance short. Mm-hmm. Um, Modok and Loki both have the bow. And then Hulkbuster has the push. Exactly. Um, 
like I feel like I've got some really good choices, and I it's one of those things where I haven't really had a lot of time to play test. Like I've I've done a little bit of games with kind of sprinkling in different ones here and there, and like Hulkbuster is the most kind of like just pure fun from a mobility standpoint, just moving all over the board, hitting and running everywhere, doing fun stuff like that. But in terms of like I do, I, I want to do good. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I. Right. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you and be frank with you, Merzane, into the suits out there. You know, I, I'm a content creator for Crisis Protocol, right? And I do get a little bit of imposter syndrome. I don't know if you know what that is. Uh, if you Google it, uh, when I do this kind of thing, right? And like, I want to be good in these kind of more organized events, but I also, you know, just play and have fun, and I try not to let it seep in too much. But you know, like, I want to be successful, so I want to play something that has good odds of of getting me kind of in that upper like I don't think I'm a bad player or anything like that but just you know what I mean like I want someone to be like oh man that will he knows what he's talking about I don't know if I don't right. talk about it or not but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying I, I know exactly what you're saying like no like I, I I'll give you a little bit of my gaming history I came from War Machine and for the life of me it was so hard for me to perform well playing War Machine because of all these people who've been playing for years and that's a game where you make one mistake and you're out. Right. Like, so coming to Marvel, I've had a lot more success. Maybe it's because the game's played with me. Maybe I've gotten more lucky. I don't know what it is, but there, there are times like, like sometimes like when I've won some of these events where like, I'll just kind of sit there and be like, huh? No, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have won this. Like, <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, Oh yeah, you're doing good. And like, it's really funny because people will message me and they'll ask me questions about something and I'll talk to them. I'd be like, well, I really don't know. Like, you know, I, I'll make a, I'll make a, a comment about how, like, yeah, I'm just kind of okay or whatever. And they'll be like, well, you won NashCon. And I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Cause it's like, uh, like I, I'm kind of in the same, but like, I feel like I haven't accomplished Obviously I have won some things, but I feel like I, I, I haven't, I don't know. I feel like I haven't earned it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, you know, it's, I feel like that, uh, at times, I hope that people appreciate that my, you know, the content and and the take I give and everything like that. And you know, sometimes my play doesn't always reflect maybe my opinion. But at the same time, like it's it, you know, it's I feel like that it's like if you have a a nice record, so to speak, people will give more weight to your words. I don't know. I don't know. That's probably getting too deep in the weeds. But that's the kind of thing that like yeah, that's what I mean by this like imposter syndrome thing. You know, so. Anyways, I know, I know what you mean. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Man. Anyways, yeah, and, and if you're out there dealing with the same thing, man, just you know, reach out and and we can talk about it. Cause yeah, I love talking about all this stuff and you know, thinking about different ways to kind of go about this game. But anyways, let's 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 continue on with this list here. So, like, let me ask you this. So so in this Hulkbuster slot, what do you think is there room for like a Hulkbuster plus one? So like. Hulkbuster and Modok, or Hulkbuster and Loki, Hulkbuster and Ebony Maw, one of these, one of these characters, and like take out Hood or Baron Zemo. So, I'm looking at it. Um, it's hard to say. I like Hulkbuster a lot. Um, I think he's good. I think, especially because you're comfortable with him, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of comfort associated with this character. Um, so, for me personally, if I was having to one-for-one one swap, I'd have probably... As soon as you said Loki. Loki, yep. 
that's a good clap. Uh, <laughs> I would get Loki in there. Yeah. Um, but I've also got a lot of experience with Loki. If I'm, I, I like playing Loki a lot, and I will say, he is really tricky if you don't know how to like leverage him. He right. needs to be in the correct position where he's going to influence people, but he's not going to die. And you don't have to waste all your power keeping him alive with his uh, I am a god and right. other stuff. Or you need to recognize when he can sit on a flank against one or two people that can't kill him in return. Mm-hmm. And he can just be super annoying. Um, so if you're looking for something that is powerful, he is very powerful. And I think he provides a whole lot of synergy for your list. But last minute, this being like the week. Uh, like our lists are due on Saturday or Sunday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have enough practice with them, I probably wouldn't suggest him. Um, maybe if you can get some practice in behind the scenes of the league with with Loki, swap him in at the midpoint. Yeah. Or if, when you make it to finals, when <laughs> when when I make you it, make to, it finals. to finals exactly in season seven exactly you can swap him in. Um. But he is definitely one of those characters that is very – you you could lose games because you don't understand him yeah. correctly at first. Which is – that's just a message to anybody. That's not a specific – that's not targeted at you. Right. Oh, I know. I know. Um, and I've, I've definitely seen that. Like I've played into people that play Loki very well. I've played uh, – you know, back – especially early on in the game's life when we didn't have a lot of access to things, Loki was very popular. And I played into a fair bit of him and, you know, now the game's changed just a little bit and everything like that. And one of the things that you have, I think you have to remember with Loki is especially if you take the mind gem, the mind gem superpower is within range three, whereas the God of mischief where he makes your superpowers cost more is range four. So you have to leverage that, keep him safe. And like you said, not burning all your power on I am a God and trickster, I think is really important. Yeah, you you you're those are the two things that you're going to spend most of your power on anyway, but you need to make sure that you have enough of that power to do the things he wants to do. Right, cuz he only um, has one power generating attack and it's a strike at range 2. And it now with with um his I am a god counting blanks, not going to lie. If you can start getting those rolling through, he could typically start paying for him himself and doing good damage. Because counting blanks as we've seen with like Ebony Maw is pretty good. Right. Um and then you also, you were talking about, you know, playing hammers. He's one of my favorite hammer hip carriers because he typically doesn't want to be spending the power on um, tactics cards anyway. Right. He can keep it safe with his uh, with his trickster movement and stuff. And then also, six die count blanks is pretty good compared to five die count blanks. Yeah. And you're much more likely to be able to pay, f- to, to pay for the next one and then build more power. So... Um, like I said, Loki would be my choice of character in the slot. Yeah. But I played him a lot in Web Warriors where he's a little bit safer in some ways. Right. But also a lot more vulnerable in other ways. Right. So, I don't know. I'm I'm still really torn, man. Like, like I'm with you on Loki. Like, he is definitely um, a finesse character to the point where where I need more reps before I'd feel comfortable throwing him out there. But I do think that given given my setup and kind of 
what I'm more or less going for, trying to kind of control the things in the middle more or less if I get secures. Like I think more often than not, I'm picking secures. And if I end up with my demons or the intrusions, which are C and E, so in the T, you know, imagine a T shape in the middle of the board, like, you know, E straight down the middle, C straight across. So if I get either of those, like I don't really feel bad about going into a fight on those because they're they're all really super slow scoring and if your opponent focuses on the demon portals well then you know they're getting incinerated so mm-hmm. that's a good thing and the intrusions are are i think just fun and people can pop up but it's risk reward you're taking a damage using those and if you roll a skull or something you're teleported to places you don't want to be and then Mutant Madman would be my other secure, and that's there kind of in the Black Order hedge to kind of spread out a little bit and and kind of fight on two flanks, if you will. And I think that Loki plays well in all of these situations, but then there's so many other secure opportunities where it just I don't think he'd play very well. You know, like if I'm playing against Web Warriors, I'd love to have Loki there, but I don't think he plays well if they get the D secures. You know, so... Essentially. Yeah. So, anyways, Here's, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say. So, anyways, all that to say, like, I, I think more reps with Loki would be great. But Hulkbuster, I'm comfortable. I mean, Modok, I'm definitely comfortable with Modok. You know, I know what he does. I know his game, all that stuff. And I think that the convocation, where if he takes damage, he gets to place within one, is actually a significant amount of movement. Mm-hmm. So, it is. It really is. Yeah, I guess it really is. So, so I think. If I'm taking out Hulkbuster right now, like gun to my head right here, right now, it would probably be Modok, but I I don't know, man. Like, do I need this? Do I want the six threat character? Well, here, here is my other suggestion, and okay. uh, I'm going to reverse it on you, right? Okay. So I took, you, you convinced me to take Hulkbuster, so now let me try to convince you to take Hulk. Okay. Oh, so you said Hulk? Hulk. Okay. So... Hulk does several things for you. One, he's also a big booty to uh, to be able to move with. Yeah. And if there's one thing Hulk likes doing, it is moving, uh, which is why I like him at Midnight Sun so much. Um, you have uh, Hood to heal him. If somehow you conned your way into putting the other Doctor Strange in there, that's another character that can heal him um, as well. So you And you've got field dressing for him. Yeah. He has the physical attacks you're lacking. And then some. They yeah. are a little close range. But seven dice strength baseline is really good. He doesn't really synergize with your cards like perfectly, but he does give you that like that flex. Mm-hmm. Uh he gives you lots of power and he doesn't make you lose access to the size four throw that um Hulkbuster gave you. Kind of like how Magneto does. Right. But he can also throw people. So it gives you an extra... You have three ways to move people on his card. Strike, Hulk smash, and then the strongest one there is. And he can do potentially all of them and get all of the displacement in one go. Yeah. So I think if you're looking for a physical attacker, he might be one to look at. Um, and... He's not like Loki levels of complicated, right? Uh, especially now he used to be pretty complicated to get you work out of, and now he you can just kind of throw him up there and he's gonna 
do this thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm reaching. <laughs> I think that it would be fun. I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about it. I'm looking at the card and everything, and I'm like, yeah, I think it could be. I think that could work because the reason why, again, like if my strategy is to try to just beat the ever-loving crap out of my opponent until I can gain that advantage to to fool around with points. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not full attrition, right? Like, I'm not trying to completely kill my opponent off the board, but the idea is to throw enough dice to have enough crazy stuff happen and to control enough point situations and enough movement, enough placement, blah, 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 likely have priority very regularly, um, it's it's the idea is to control that stuff, and I think Hulk plays into that very well. You know, I think that especially on a demons, on an intrusions, even on mutant madman, I, I think you know Hulk holding down a flank on his own is perfectly reasonable in a situation like that. And oh yeah, like I think if I have Hulk, definitely including. Hood at that point because Hood was kind of on the chopping block even though I like Hood like I've played him a fair bit in Convocation at this point and I think he's just okay in Convocation but he's really good in CS yes but anyways I think having a Hood there is very interesting I also have a Wong in this list oh you do have Wong yeah (laughs) so so like keeping Hulk alive man yeah I think I'm sold here on Hulk yeah I I I think and like I said, I don't think Hulk, I don't think either of the choices, like the swaps we've made, Hulk for Hulkbuster, Hulkbuster for Hulk, are going to lose us games necessarily. Yeah. So if we end up playing him a couple times, we'll be like, eh, nah, we can always swap back mid Right. But I think it's an interesting choice for your list because it's so different. It provides such a different thing. It is literally the exact opposite of the rest of your list, but right. it doesn't take away anything. Yeah. Because everything else is such a good self-contained unit that can feed him a little bit, you know, with like the the scalpels or oh, the yeah. play of moves or like you talked about the movements. Um, I mean the, the healing, not the movements where I said movements and then I said healing. Um, yeah. Like I, I think, and mutant madman is the one of your choices that I'm a little iffy on just because it's, you're typically not very high physical Hulk buster fixes that, but so does Hulk. Right. Right. And, like, I mean, we can talk about that for a second in terms of, like, crisis setup. I mean, you know, I like it just because it's kind of spread out and and kind and it's a high threat value. That's kind of the biggest reasons is, like, I don't really want to play scoundrels because that helps my opponent just as much as it helps me. Like, I love that crisis. I love the F-shape secure. But if I'm not securing the same one that my opponent is, well, then everybody has cover and everybody's that much harder to kill. What about spider portals? I like spider portals. I've just played it a lot. <laughs> Fair. I'm just thinking spider portals is good for you because you're more energy focused, right? Yeah. It's a little bit further range and you're fine with them and you have a lot of mobility to move through them. And it's also just a hard, it's such a hard matchup if you get into black order, which I feel like is, it's not a, a matchup you like insta lose or anything, but it feels like one that can be a little tough. Yeah. Uh, portals, if you manage to land it, really helps that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll, I think that's a good good point. I'll swap it out because, again, we're trying to trying to you know optimize while also having fun. I, I love spider portals. It's actually one of my favorite crisis because 
it's so hard to deal with <laughs> with a lot of people. A lot of people don't really have a good way to deal with it. Yeah. So I, so I love it. So yeah, I'll put that in. And and now that we've taken out Hulkbuster, I'm I'm firmly putting Hulk in and taking Hulkbuster out. That means we don't need the spirit bomb anymore. So what uh, what do we add here? Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't hate the idea of like a disarm, but that seems like a simp move, you know. <laughs> After I just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Um, I love I love disarm for the record. I think disarm is an incredible card. One thing neither of us have talked about for either of our lists, which is still something I'm thinking about in the back of my mind, is Indomitable. I was just thinking that. Uh, Indomitable is incredible. For those who don't know, because it's fairly new, it's coming out in one of the new... The Colossus and Magic box. Okay. It makes a Colossus' faces on it look very angry. Uh, What it does is, when an allied character would be thrown or pushed by an enemy effect, this includes attacks. It can be effects can be superpowers or attacks. Mm-hmm. It may spend two power to play this card. The allied character is not thrown or pushed. Yeah. So we talk about all these times where like, you know, you jump up with Hulk or Hulkbuster and push someone off a point. Well, if they have Indomitable. They're just going to tell you no. Exactly. But you can do it back. And it's a general card that's not tied to any character. Uh, it's not affiliated. So anyone can run it. Yeah. I think we're about um, to see a ton of Indomitable if you want my, we will, yes. Yeah. A- another consideration here, again, kind of leaning in to the strategy, is a little blind obsession action. I like blind obsession, especially because, uh, like, I feel like you can kind of displace people yes. and potentially get the 1v1s you want. Um, blind obsession has always been one of those cards that, to me, just like with Convocation, requires you to be pretty smart to run it correctly. Oh, yes. And I don't feel smart enough to run it correctly, so I don't run it. <laughs> yeah, so the thing I've been learning about Blind Obsession, I've played it a lot. Uh, the thing I've been learning about it is it's best used when the character you want to merc is already on their injured side and you have priority. Yeah. Like, that way you can just stack the death right on top of them. And... If you feel like you're not going to have an opportunity to do that, like, for instance, let's say I'm going against CS and Kingpin's on his injured side, but he's fully healthy on his injured side. You know, do I want to play it then? Probably, but at the same time, I mean, if I don't KO Kingpin right there, then whoever I use it with is in the danger zone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's it's just one of those things where it, it definitely takes that, like, really understanding of the game but i will say if you're out there and you're thinking about how can you get the most out of blind obsession when you have priority and the character you want to kill is on the injured side that is that is top sauce right there you could all and one thing we could also do um we could clear up another spot maybe somewhere um my primary thought maybe be astral ring i already have that oh wait no what clear it up clear it up uh because I think Indomitable is really good for you, but I think there's so many good... Like, we're missing... What is it? What's it called? Wow. March for Death? So that was another one that was, I was going to consider. And I will say, I'm hesitant to drop Astral Ring because that card has come in so clutch for me at times. Has it? Yeah, because what it allows you to do is keep a character... 
like let's say I've got Dr. Voodoo on a flank, kind of maybe 1v2 or one-on-one with someone, right? It allows me to keep Dr. Voodoo safe, possess someone, you know, put that token out there, do some attacks, possess someone, and now they have to spend an action to even get close to where they can even attack him. Typically, because it's range three from him, place the astral ring, and then his attacks range three, his spirit venom range three. So you're looking at a really long range, especially if someone's at the far end of that. Right. So, and it, like that's just one example, but that's kind of the main example is whatever, whatever character I really want to keep safe right now, I can use astral ring to keep that character safe, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, and potentially score points. True. You can keep. Do they? Yeah, they don't contest. It's such a confusing card because I can't ever remember. So it's from the token, from the Astral Ring token, that's where you contest objectives, you pick up objectives, you interact with everything. It's from that token, but you can't be moved, placed, pushed, mm. anything. Or I think you still be pushed, but n- nothing yeah. can be done to you that you as a as your player, like an active player, can do. So like um, you can't be, this character cannot be advanced or placed. So like right. if you were to play Mysterio and try to hit the character that played the astral ring, well, that couldn't be advanced. Right. So we pushed, but not advanced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like that's it, true. I, I love astral ring. I, I will say it's one of those that like, I don't really want to get rid of. What about Bane? That is on the chopping block. It's okay. It's definitely been one that has at times come in handy, but it's very situational. Cause I think it's a lot easier to figure out what cards we put in when we have two slots instead of one. Right. Because I feel like Indomitable Indomitable probably needs to be there if you're going for attrition. Slash yeah. being able to just say no one time can keep can keep a game in your in your ballpark. Right. Um let me think. I don't think we want any character specific stuff. Like seance would be cool for voodoo. Um, but I don't think you need it. Yeah. Um mentioned marked for death would be good especially because you don't have a lot of ways to prevent re-rolls or like bust through uh defense dice yeah oh it could be hood's gang so i thought about hood's gang i thought about that and you know i'd probably rather have something to kind of mess with my opponent's big turn like a disarm or like a marked for death to try to you know if i need to go chase down a black cat yeah, that's fair. Oh, yeah, that's probably where Mark for Death might be the best one in my eyes. Just because Black Cat's going to be everywhere this this uh, I think so too. This season, she will be all over the freaking place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I like Mark for Death. Blind Obsession. I'm lukewarm on, but that's partially because I'm too stupid to figure it out. <laughs> um, Climbing gear that, is just indomitable, but worse. Yeah, climbing gear was a consideration, but I, I didn't think it was worth it. Disarm is good, but I feel like if you're going for beatdown, you're not going to have priority a lot. And disarm is very good with priority. That's right. typically where it's the best. Uh, you could do follow me. I should have the power for it regularly, I would well, think. You should always have the power for it. Yeah. Yeah, steal priority back after killing somebody. That's what it's what I do. Yeah, I, I think I think you take most likely take Indomitable if you're going to replace it with anything. It might be marked, but I feel like you're probably 
probably considering Mark or follow me. Yeah, I think I, I think I want Indomitable, and I think I want Marked for Death here instead of Bane and Dambala, mm-hmm. because I think while I have no problem really catching up with Black Cat with my teleports and stuff like that, it's just if we get into a single extract situation and she just runs away, like that that creates problems. Yeah, and it also helps you uh, like pin down like Amazing Spider-Man and Miles Morales and yeah, um, other cheeky stealth characters like Mystiques. Oh yeah, sometimes hard to get rid of. Oh yeah, and you know also like I mean I have to think like I've got characters that have some pretty long range attacks like you know range four and then Doctor Strange Supreme has his range five attack. You know, so I think yeah. Marked for Death is probably a, a reasonable choice here instead of Bane. It's also really funny with like Baron Zemo, right? Because like Zemo could just come in and reroll all of his attack dice into someone that can't reroll anything. Oh, I know, right? Oh man, yeah, that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I, I, that's why I didn't mention Zemo because I think Zemo's actually sneaky good in here. I think so if too. You need a lower point physical threat and someone who's fast because yep. he can run down a black cat. Now he can't reroll against her, but he can he can run her down. He can run her down exactly. So, yeah, I think I'm pretty happy with this. So we've, we've added in Hulk, and we're going to leave Hood and Zemo, and then we've taken out the Bane of Dambala and replaced it with Indomitable, and we've taken out, um, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Helios, Helios Bombardment. Yep, the Spirit Bomb for Marked for Death. And then we've changed out the portals, spider portals, uh, instead of Mutant Madman, and then everything else I'm pretty happy with. Yeah, the only weird thing potentially that you have is alien ships, but there's not. It's a neutral um, scenario, exactly, with a high threat point, which is probably why you took it. Yep. Uh, the only problem you might have is if you come across someone who gets lucky turn one. If oh you yeah. Lose priority. They force you on it. They move up. They grab it turn one. Oh yeah. And look, if if that happens, that happens, and then I just got to kill the crap out of them and hope to get it back. Well, and you still have stuff like Hulk to move up. You could like take Hulk and double move up and throw them back into your line, and then all of a sudden Sorcerer Supreme is pretty close. I could probably shoot them and then scalpel them even further into your line, and then, you know, Doctor Voodoo could be there. Like you, you have ways to deal with people who move up as long as they can't move away. Mm-hmm. Um, like Angela and Amazing Spider-Man are a bit of a problem, but someone like Corvus Glaive who might pick it up, you can just yeet him way across the map, exactly where you want to beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. He starts, you probably ironbound books and make him sad. Yeah, I mean, hope then, that would be the plan. And then kill him in the middle of your... Just just imagine Corvus Glaive getting teleported into the middle of a bunch of wizards and then just like, have you seen <laughs> the boys? Oh, yeah. You remember when they, um, when Kimiko, uh, Starlight, and Queen Maeve all like pushed Stormfront on the ground and we're kicking her like curb oh, yeah. stomping her. Yep. It's just like that, but it's a bunch of wizards curb stomping an alien. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for that. I'm, t- I'm very, very, very here for that. So, yeah, no, I like it. I think this is going to be, it's going to be solid. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I, I think that if you've been having success with Convocation, it's good to build, like to, to just like snowball that success and like, yeah. build on it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna play this. It's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna lock it in tonight. But uh, with that, I do actually have to run right now. 
and uh, Suits, I hope you've enjoyed this very fun discussion. Kind of a little inside baseball on some list building, kind of a little more competitive take on things. You know, I, I want to be competitive, but I find these things fun as well. So, you know, there's there's more to discuss on this. And Merzane will be back to uh, talk about all of our matches as the season unfolds. So I'm excited for that. And Merzane, where can people find you? Uh, so I run my own podcast with my friend Kenny. Uh, uh, called Advanced R&D, where we build lists, uh, but they're typically way less competitive and way more janky than this. Um, I'm also part of the Gamers Guild podcast. Uh, I'm one of the hosts there, also with Kenny. That man is with me always. Um, and then I also help run the the leagues. So if you have any questions about the leagues, you can message me, my Merzane, uh, and I can get you uh, situated, but by the time this starts, or by the time this releases, the league has probably started, and it's probably too late to join. But you can ask me questions about future league, or if you're in it, you can ask me questions if you have any. Oh, this is releasing tomorrow, buddy. So there you oh, go. It's released, then you'll have a few days. <laughs> yeah. So if you're trying to think about TTS, just uh, lock it in and uh, have some fun with it. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And uh, I know I'm expecting to have a, a pretty fun time here. And you can uh, find us at the House Party Protocol Facebook page. You can find us at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. You can send us messages any of those places on the Discord. If you're interested in uh, joining our Discord, we have the Chillest Discord. You have to go to Patreon. You have to become one of our patrons over there. And it's uh, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. Check that out. It's a dollar a month, so 12 bucks a year. And you can uh, join us there. Have a good time. We're doing our, our reading club right now we're doing a comic book reading club we're reading the jeff lemire moon knight run so you can check that out with us as we discuss that we're gonna have our first kind of big discussion on that coming up soon and uh, yeah don't forget our giveaway with the secret code word of banger because yeah why not and uh yeah party on Zane. party on will and power down suits mm-hmm.